Welcome to Self-Care Hacks, the short podcast for overwhelmed and stressed out women who want to learn how to take better care of themselves. I'm your host, Anita Ojeda. I used to suffer from overwhelm and stress too, but I've learned how to take care of myself and take care of others. You can too. This will be the last installment of Caregiver Hacks I have to share with family caregivers in celebration of National Family Caregiver Month. I confess, I have a problem with Psalms 91. Have you read it lately? For the last seven months, I've been studying the Psalms. Last week, I came to Psalms 91, and it got my dander up. Why? Because as a caregiver, I know that God doesn't offer supernatural protection from disease and death to Christians all the time. Sometimes, but not all the time. I've known many good Christians who have had catastrophic illnesses and many good Christians who have died. How then do I reconcile the verse about no harm overtaking me and no disaster coming near me with the reality of the bad things that happen to the ones I love? Psalms 91 makes it sound as if genuine Christians will have nothing bad happen to them. In fact, the pilgrims believed that disaster meant that a person lived outside of God's grace. The elect had successful lives. Everyone else had problems. I don't claim theologian status, but I do claim a personal relationship with God and a desire to understand His Word with the help of the Holy Spirit. So, I set out to figure out how a caregiver can live with Psalms 91. I'll start by reading verses 1 and 2. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress by God in whom I trust. First of all, we must dwell in God. The word dwell means to remain for a time, as well as to keep attention directed. It can also mean abide, stay, remain, and tarry. If I spend time with God and trust Him with the most intimate parts of my life, then I can say I dwell in Him. In that act of dwelling, I can find rest, something every caregiver needs and craves. I must give up my desire to fix everything and make the path smooth for those I care for. I must discipline myself to consciously turn over all of my problems to God. And that isn't always easy. Verse 2 talks about God in war terms, refuge and fortress. Our motto needs to be, I trust in God, period. Verses 3 and 4, surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. The next two verses use a birdie simile, something I can relate to. In the olden days, fowlers had the responsibility for setting snares for wild birds for the cooking pots. They acted as specialized bird hunters. Likewise, the devil acts like a specialized hunter of human souls. The word pestilence means disaster, or destructive and pernicious. The devil sets snares for us and uses pernicious lies to lure us into his hopeless way of thinking. God doesn't promise us a disease-free life. He promises protection from the lies of the evil one. The simile continues in verse 4, where the psalmist says that God will offer us shelter under his wings. A mother bird will shelter her young under her wings, which act as protection against the elements, as well as other birds and animals of prey. I believe one facet of that protection for caregivers includes what I call a happy face state of grace. During Pedro's illness, 
I often thought it odd that I didn't break down on a regular basis. Bad news and discouraging setbacks seemed to roll right off me. I had taken emotional shelter under the wings of a loving Savior. Just like feathers repel the rain, so God's grace provided protection for my emotions during very trying times. God's faithfulness arranged flights that seemed impossible, kept airfare low, provided inexpensive hotels, and in times of great need, a way for our daughters to see Pedro for what they thought was the last time. During my caregiving journeys, I often found myself worn down, worn out, and unable to cope in private. I thought I needed to take on the care of my very ill husband and shoulder all the other daily burdens as well. I forgot that God is sovereign. Coping in public seems like a given. Caregivers don't want to draw attention to themselves and their needs because they seem petty, even if they aren't, in light of the bigger needs of the one they care for. So let's talk about verse 5 in Psalms 91. What does fear really mean? Verse 5 says, You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day. In verse 5, God doesn't promise that terrors won't lurk. He promises we won't fear them. The dictionary tells us that fear, as a noun, is an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. As a verb, fear is to be afraid of, expect with alarm. In other words, when we trust in God and stay close to him, we don't let the devil's suggestions of our worst-case scenario take over our imaginations and cause us extra agony. During my first caregiver journey, I often let worries about the future drag me down. In those quiet moments late at night, the lies of the evil one nibbled and scampered inside my head like rodents in the walls. I had to make a conscious effort to allow God's light into my mind to chase away the mice of despair. Gradually, I learned that I didn't fear the terrors of night, nor the arrows of circumstance and progression of disease that assaulted me by day. This knowledge armed me for my second caregiver journey. Verse number 6 says, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. My second caregiver journey provided the perfect opportunity for falling for the devil's lies. If only you had been a better parent, and your child's acting like this because you failed. After all, when one's offspring implodes on a public forum, like Facebook and YouTube, pretty much the entire known world knows. Our children's actions highlight all that we did, or didn't do as parents, or so we think. All too often we measure ourselves by our children's actions, even if our children have reached adulthood. I like to think that the pestilence and plague that the psalmist uses here have more to do with those lies of the evil one. It would have been easy and natural for me to roll up into a ball of dejected depression as I watched my child make a series of horrible choices. I could have rejected God's sovereignty because he couldn't protect my child on my terms. He could have saved my child from the bad choices and helped us figure out a diagnosis much earlier, but he didn't. I had a choice, either accept God as the sovereign in the situation and daily affirm his right to allow things that I didn't like to happen or reject God. Choosing God's sovereignty kept me sane. Sure, I spent a lot of time in tears and on my knees. My relationship with God got stronger as I relied on him to help me avoid the pestilence and plague of the devil's recriminations. The devil keeps plugging away, trying to undermine our relationship with God. We have a choice. Call out to God in the darkest night, or in the light of day, or let the devil sink us with his lies. And now we get to the tricky part of Psalms 91. Why do I call it tricky? Well, a simple perusal 
might cause someone to say, hey, I believe in God, but bad stuff happens to me. How can I really believe in God? It's all about the context. The author of this psalm wrote it for a specific reason and to a specific audience. Some scholars believe King David was the intended audience. Nevertheless, we can take the principles of the psalm and apply them to our own lives. But first, there's a condition. Verse 9 starts with that condition. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling. In other words, we have to do two things. We must claim God as our refuge, and we must make the Most High our dwelling. But what exactly does that mean? The first condition means that we have to acknowledge a higher power, and we won't find it in ourselves or another person. We have to choose to let God do what he wants to provide refuge or recourse for our difficulties for us. And once we make that choice, we have to continue to make the choice to let God handle things. If we don't commit over and over again, then we fail to make the Most High our dwelling. And then comes the promise in verse 10. No harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. Verse 10 sounds wonderful, doesn't it? Harm will not overtake us. That's another way of saying overwhelm. So harm might accost us, but when we take refuge in God and dwell in Him, it won't drown us. I have a different take on disaster than some people might. The dictionary defines disaster as complete or terrible failure. So even though bad things have happened to me and to the ones I love, I can say with assurance that God has kept disaster at bay. Verse 11-13 through 13 says, For he will commend his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. I love this part of the promise. God will surround us with the kind of protection that he knows we need the most. Back in David's day, he had to worry about things like lions, cobras, and stubbing his sandaled feet on sharp rocks. Or maybe those three things represent petty annoyances, powerful people, and the devil. At different times in our lives, any one of the three could overwhelm us, and God has instructed his angels to protect us from whatever will weaken our faith. The psalm ends with two more conditions. We must love the Lord, and we must acknowledge his name. If we do that, God will answer us when we call on him. He will walk with us through trouble, and he'll deliver us in an honorable way. In addition, he'll satisfy us with a long life, because salvation means no matter how soon we leave our mortal bodies, we'll still have heaven. So here's Psalms 91, verses 14 to 16. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I guess there's really nothing tricky about the Bible, but we do need to study it, the context in which it was written, and ask the Holy Spirit to help us apply the principles to our lives today. So here are the caregiver applications from Psalms 91. Number one, God wants us to take up residence in the safest place possible, close to him. As caregivers, we do this by staying in daily connection with him. Number two, the devil's snares consist of pernicious lies, things such as, It's my fault. If only I had. 3. God's wings of grace protect us and allow us to function when we choose to hide close to him. Number 4. God will provide. His faithfulness will manifest itself in unexpected ways. Number 5. With God as our sovereign, 
we don't have to fear the terrors. Number six, we don't need to work out the worst case scenarios and stew about them. Number seven, the devil likes to jab at our weak spots and make us blame ourselves for other people's actions. Just say no. Number eight, we have to do four things. Claim God as our refuge, dwell in him, love God, and acknowledge his name. Number nine, God desires for us to trust him and let him work out our problems. What a relief. And number 10, worry and stress can take years off your life. Let God handle the seemingly insurmountable problems. Join me next week as I interview author William Daniel, a middle school boy who has written a new book of clean jokes and puns that you'll enjoy reading with and to your family. Take care of yourselves, my friends. You are worth it. You can find me at selfcarehacks.net or check out the show notes for links to my social media accounts. If you enjoyed this podcast, take the time to tell a friend. Together we can build each other up and teach each other how to take better care of ourselves. I'll see you here next Tuesday with more self-care hacks to help you overcome the overwhelm.